0: In the headlines, Al Qaeda says every coast attack was revenge against France. 15 government employees killed in bomb blast in northwest Pakistan. And South Africa's ruling ANC calls on government to speed up its exit from the ICC. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Moussam. Jihadist group Al-Qaeda and the Islamic Mahrib, which claimed Sunday's attack on the Ivorian beach resort of Grand Bassam, has described the attack in Ivory Coast as a retaliation against France. In a second statement, they noted that the attack was a warning to Ivory Coast and by extension to all allies of France who participate in the fight against jihadists. The group is urging countries involved in what it called a satanic alliance with France to withdraw or else the jihadists will target them. At least 15 people have been killed when a bomb exploded on a bus carrying government officials in the northwest Pakistani city of Peshawar. The attack took place on a main road after the bus picked up government employees from surrounding areas and was transporting them to work in the city. The country's prime minister has strongly condemned the attack in a statement. The South African government has sent a message of condolences to Turkey after a bomb blast in Ankara killed 37 people on Sunday. In a statement issued by the International Relations and Cooperation Department, President Jacob Zuma says South Africa supports the international communities condemnation of terrorism he says the country also stands in solidarity with the Turkish government as it mourns the death of its citizens South Africa's ruling ANC has called on the government to hasten its exit from the International Criminal Court the party was speaking following the Supreme Court of Appeals dismissal of the government's appeal against the High Court ruling that it should have arrested Sudanese President Umar al-Bashir when he attended the AU Summit in Johannesburg in June last year. The ANC last year resolved to withdraw from the ICC after the court at The Hague issued a warrant of arrest for war crimes and genocide against al-Bashir. ANC spokesperson Zizi says the Supreme Court of Appeals judgement vindicates the party's resolution.
1: The sooner we withdraw from this political dinosaur, the better for the country because it was called all the trappings. Of uh, us as a country being able to find ourselves in a civil war with another country, it has all the trappings of us finding ourselves playing a part to create instability in with another country or in the continent. So the sooner we withdraw from these political dinosaurs, the better for us, and we must do so quicker and sooner.
0: And finally, UN agencies warn that drought in Ethiopia and Zimbabwe that's linked to the El Nino weather phenomenon has created a rapidly deteriorating humanitarian crisis. UN aid workers say that both countries are in the grip of grave malnutrition and water shortages. UNICEF spokesperson Christopher Bularik.
1: We need to be concerned because the life of children are at risk. You know, this is a massive loss of body fat and muscle tissue. And the children that are the most affected
2: by severe malnutrition are are aged between one and two years. So, yes, we are concerned.
0: Recapping the top stories, Al-Qaeda says Ivory Coast attack was revenge against France. 15 government employees killed in a bomb blast in northwest Pakistan and South Africa's ruling ANC calls on the government to speed up its exit from the ICC.
4: Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You're listening to us on shortwave on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to southern Africa. And on DSTV, we're on Channel 902. You can also listen to us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're doing an outside broadcast. As I mentioned last week, today we are right here at the 7th IT Leaders Africa Summit. It's a two-day event, which is a meeting place for IT and business leaders alike and it's really to bring together uh, the IT industry really to stage really also uh, the various insights, technologies and trends that are actually underway in this particular field. And also, maybe today we'll look at the fact where are we as Africa going when it comes to the IT industry. We've got Thomas Snell who's the sales director for Sub-Saharan Africa for ComScope with us. Uh, we've got QN Kloppers who's the CIO of Semenkoe chrome uh, limited and abdul baba is joining us once again he's from skynet the cio there i heard that he did a fantastic job yesterday part of our panel as well so that's fantastic so we're going to be looking at these various different industries and trying to have some form of a conversation to look at it on on the african continent but let me start with you thomas tell us a little bit about comscope for our listeners to understand just a little bit about your business and what you guys get up to
5: sure no problem um So CommScope is a North American-based business. Uh, We have uh, offices here in Johannesburg um, and representation across the African continent. Uh, We are the world leader in physical layer infrastructure. So we manufacture essentially um, three different uh, areas worth of physical layer. Number one is our enterprise um, solutions, which are really uh, structured cabling for um, enterprise buildings and data center networks. We also have a modular data center offering, which is a fully-fledged data center in a box. Uh, We have a broadband division, which is really about uh, fiber to the home or fiber to the business, so broadband fiber rollouts for Africa. Mm. Um, And then lastly but not least, our wireless business, which is really um, the manufacturing of wireless antennas for GSM, uh, both indoor and outdoor coverage, um, so essentially for mobility uh, users on GSM networks.
4: Yeah, we know that the urbanization of Africa is something that's very growing much so, and with that, we're seeing a big interest in IT and also the access of the internet and <laughs> Africa is becoming very focused when it comes to the mobile phone. Uh, do you guys see opportunities in this area? Do you guys see a lot of developments in terms of the industry in, on the continent?
5: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, for us, um, you know, mobility is key. Everybody these days carries some kind of device that yeah. needs to connect and we're seeing a massive demand for bandwidth. Um, and, you know, we being kind of part of that physical layer, you know, we, we often say to ourselves, we are where bandwidth comes from. So we yeah. we manufacture all of this fiber optic technology, which is really kind of the interconnections between all the the different uh, points of presence for operators or their switching centers. Uh, we do all the infrastructure inside those. but. Importantly, uh, with all this bandwidth explosion and the the, the use of uh, data and mobility, um, there is definitely um, a massive <coughs> growth in Africa happening. Yeah. Um, here in South Africa, we're seeing a lot of um, fiber networks, FTTX providers, the likes of um, uh, Vumatel, ah. uh, you know, sort of smaller providers, sure. you know, putting down infrastructure in the um, in the different suburbs. Um, we've got the likes of DFA or Dark Fiber Africa as well. Yeah. Um, and then also, of course, the mobile operators, so the likes of Vodacom and MTN, you know, they're, they're having to cater for all this massive demand in bandwidth. Mm. Um, and, and a stat I have is that um, uh, mobility bandwidth is literally, or the um, the need for it is increasing or almost doubling every oh. year. Um, internationally we're seeing it at about 1.5 times every 18 months the amount of data consumed on a mobile device mm-hmm. um, but here in in Africa and Middle East we're actually seeing it as more, more than doubling in, in a 12-month period.
4: Sure. Let me move on to you, Kuan Kloppers, who is from Semenko Chrome Limited. And uh, let us know a little bit about uh, uh, Semenko Chrome Limited. I know it's the world's largest integrated chrome mining and smelting company. And uh, Kuan, someone might ask, what are you doing at an IT summit? So give us a little bit of background about your work and a little, a little bit about why you're here today.
6: I'm the CIO of um, Simanko Chrome, sure. and um, on the IT side we've got quite a vast um, infrastructure. We've got mining complexes in the in the western Bushveld area near Rustenburg, mm. and then we've got mines in Steelport area in the eastern eastern area of the Bushveld nearest complex, so that's near Steelport and Tubatsi, Burgers Fort. So, in, all in all, we've got about to 15 mines in the two complexes then we've got three chrome smelters smelting complexes of about 16 furnaces the furnaces are quite quite large um, most of them are on average about 65 uh, megawatt um, chrome smelting furnaces so our main our main product is chrome ore that we export and also the manufacturing and smelting of um, ferrochrome Various grades of ferrochrome, so you can you can imagine that with with such a diverse and industry with smelting and mining mm-hmm. as well as the um, geographical spread, sure. our infrastructure in terms of communication infrastructure needs to be quite quite um, up and running. So we invested a couple of years ago in our own radio link um, infrastructure capability okay. um, with 25 um, 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 megabytes, and um, so we also have a totally integrated um, IT systems and applications um, down from our SCADAS, PLCs and operating technology that we call MES and we've got a wall-to-wall SAP ERP implementation on top of that.
4: And, and in terms of that kind of change, in terms of why you guys had to look at your IT systems, how important was that for your business, especially because you have such a large landscape where you are located? I'm sure it's about connectivity as well, ensuring that there's some form of uniformity in the business.
6: Correct. Our main goals in the um, what we call the Business Information Services Department, mm-hmm. and that's a group IT department that we have, is to centralize um, our databases. We've got our... Database or um, data warehouse mm. based in Middleburg, Mpumalanga, um, and our disaster recovery site is based in Emalahleni on Red Bank in sure. uh, Mpumalanga. Mm. We host all our s- our services in ours. Mm. Um, but we also did was because of the um, the communication infrastructure, it gave us the ability to centralise our data data warehouses. So um, you need very. Um, um, impressive and, and um, scalable communications sure. technology mm. out there. So, um, yeah, communication and abo- uh, bandwidth is is very important. Sure. Our ERP system runs centrally. Mm. Our manufacturing co- execution systems also run centrally mm. and is replicated on the various sites. Sure. Our safety systems, that's very important into in mining, mm. also runs centrally. Mm. So, um, yeah, communications is... is, We'll
4: we'll come to that because I know there's a challenge when it comes to that idea of when we talk about bandwidth Mm -hmm. in Africa, it's still a big challenge. So for you to actually embark on some of those uh, uh, advancements, how do you do them with the challenges that we face? And we'll come back to to that particular topic. Let me come to you, Abdul Baba, uh, who is the CIO Mm -hmm. for Skynet. I know that you are courier, so it's also about... um, uh, you know connectivity. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your business and about why you'd be at an IT summit as well.
2: Okay, I think uh, Skynet is a logistics company. Sure. We do careers. Mm-hmm. So obviously, um, uh, we, we, we do a lot of government work. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's important that we have our customers connected. Yeah. Um, ensure that they're informed where, they cu- where the parcel is at every point in time. Sure. So basically, data is very important. Yeah. Um, with the whole technology um, and where IT is moving, you can see in the U.S. there's drones technology and Amazon's already started using drones to deliver parcels. Cool. So if, <laughs> you, if you look at that, the way the career industry is going to change, sure. IT is changing at a rapid pace. So mm. the question is, how do we transform the business using our existing IT? Uh, unfortunately, we, uh, we we do sit with legacy systems. Sure. We try to introduce new technologies so that we can ensure... Uh, at the end of the day that the customer is connected all the time and gets the level of service that, that is required. And the level of service is ensuring the customer gets the parcel at the, uh, at the right time and, uh, you know, he's always satisfied in terms of ensuring that he, you know, gets his parcel, uh, we, 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 we deliver medical parcels. Sure, so sure. medical. Uh, so for, th- for, th- for those customers, mm-hmm. having it in the right time, it saves lives. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important as a career company to ensure that, we understand what we have, understand how we connect our customers, understand exactly how the business model and logistics industry is going to change going forward with the advancement of technology. Um, the fact that IT is moving towards more of an internet of things whereby we're going to be connected 2020 we're gonna have 50 billion devices. So the question is how can we use the those devices? How do we understand those devices first? Sure, sure. How do we get the business to understand how do we use those devices and mm. how do we add business value in terms of, uh, you know, uh, information, sharing information? Mm. And the purpose of this event is to ensure that we understand first to be our context of technology. Where are we? What's not working? Mm. What is coming down the line? Uh, how can we use technology carefully? And how those technologies can be understood in the business context. Mm. Uh, you, you know about the Uber model. Um, You know, they don't own any taxis, but (laughs) technology is driving the whole process. Yes. There are certain drones in South Africa that's already started, agricultural companies that have used, for example, uh, drones to actually, uh, you know, just as watering the, 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 the farms so so, yeah. so so it's it's no human intervention but yeah. it senses the internet of things well
4: it's a questionable one because Good. sometimes where's the human capacity exactly. where's the, the human you know does it take away employment you know so you ask those particular questions but we'll, we'll deal with those challenges I need to go for a quick break and then I'll come to you Thomas to deal about those challenges when it comes to the availability of broadband I know that you could give us a little view there and come to you Akuen, about those particular challenges as well and all Also, the human factor in in IT, is it still one that's going to be prevalent? Are we going to see the human being becoming peripheral to this particular movement, this quick, quick advancement of technology? Let's take a quick break. Back to our Johannesburg studios.
1: Hello, listener. Join Channel Africa in its 50th anniversary celebrations. Channel Africa is turning 50 in May this year. Join us as we move through memories of this station since 1966. Send us your contact number to include your memories in our celebrations. Email your contact to info at channelafrica.org or write to us at Channel Africa, PO Box 913. 13 Auckland Park Johannesburg 2006 you can also send us sms to plus 27 82 332 5905 channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance
4: Yes, we are right here at the IT Leaders Africa Summit. You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. We're partnering with the summit. Uh, in the last two days, we've been here and really crossing live and giving you the latest of what's happening here. The conversations that have been happening in terms of the advancement of IT. And uh, if you've just joined us, we've got Thomas Nell, who is from Com- Comscope, and uh, he's the sales director for the Sub-Saharan Africa region. We also have Huan Kloppus who is the CIO of the Semenko Chrome Limited and Abdul Baba as well, the CIO of SkyNet. Now, we're looking at the whole idea of moving into this realm where broadband is a challenge in in the continent of Africa. Uh, What's been the real challenge in that regard, Thomas? Do you see us actually defeating some of the areas that we in the past have been very slow in progressing in?
5: Definitely. I think, um, you know, like I said a moment ago about the amount of broadband infrastructure going in in Africa at the moment. The sure. opportunity for us as a, as a manufacturer of that equipment is, is significant. Yeah. Um, for us you know, some of the challenges are, are making sure that we have a partnership base across the continent that is you know, sufficiently trained up Uh, you know to actually install uh, our product sets and do it at a a level which allows us as a manufacturer to have the comfort you know we we, we're kind of a a very much in the long-term game when it comes to broadband and any kind of infrastructure and i think the um you know we we offer the likes of a 20-year warranty on our product uh, that goes into the ground or into a data center into a building Um, and for us we need to make sure that it gets installed properly so you mentioned also just now about the um, the challenges of, of humans and, and IT and some of these <laughs> drones and things sure, to take sure. over. Um, you know, I think there's still a huge requirement for uh, for humans in the IT space. I think um, the IT, we shouldn't really see it as, as something as Competing with humans, I think it's uh, very much an enabler, or, and these kinds of platforms are things that enable much better businesses. And we just need to make sure that we transform, uh, you know, at, at the right rate. So Abdul was saying just now, as a as a logistics business, you know, they need to look at, you know, what's kind of coming yeah. a, in the future to make sure they transform and adapt in order to survive. Because if you look at the likes of Uber, which you mentioned as well, you know, those are literally change. The technology is changing industries. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to look to the opportunities as opposed to being pessimistic and You know, being kind of sad that, you know, these machines are doing a better (laughs) job than us humans. But um, the other thing is with all of this kind of technology um, uh, being deployed, we're seeing a shift in the data center space, which is quite significant towards what we call edge computing. So um, basically moving data and compute closer to the edge of the network, um, closer to where uh, data is consumed. Uh, so, if you use an example of a, um, a video on YouTube, which you know has a huge number of hits in a particular area, sure. uh, having to transport that data over a, a, a long um, piece of fiber optics is actually quite expensive. Uh, as opposed to placing a localized, what we call an edge data center, close to where the data is being consumed. So, sure. we're seeing in our industry, you know, a shift towards a distributed computing as opposed to centralized, as sure. much as we had. Back in the day, sure. so um, yeah, there's all sorts happening, you know, yeah, to try yeah. and encourage these applications to be consumed sure, as, sure. as well as they can. And
4: I think what's interesting is that things are becoming more centralised, as, as you are highlighting, the and as like pe- people are creating hubs within cities, within rural spaces, where they can actually access the technology itself. Uh, but the challenge is is broad, broadband, and you know, when we're looking back back in the years, broadband was the probably big big problem and people were saying how do we actually advance in technology we need to centralize our our business and make sure that technologies are more uh, locally focused and but still we need to know what's happening in, in in other spheres of the business so what has been your challenge in terms of centralizing your technologies
6: i think um the big thing was obviously the broadband infrastructure as well as the telecom infrastructure especially to the rural areas in um so far away. That's why we invested in our own uh, radio area network huh. infrastructure. Okay. Um, the problem with, with with the broadband problem in South Africa for us is that we are not yet ready to um, or have the have the ability to to to, to or the um, the trust to move our, some of our core systems into the cloud. Uh, Although the cloud cloud computing is there is a lot of uh, um, um, advantages and cost saving initiatives that you can have if you, if you move your storage into the cloud um, it's still, we're we still very conservative especially in the mining industry to move some of our core applications into the cloud because of the connectivity issues that yes, we yes. Have, um, have have, have, have that, that get in the past um, especially if you go to your, your operational management systems that, that actually um, um, your your furnaces run on you could you can't put those those type of things on the cloud. You have to have that on premise. Sure. Um, your ERP systems are moving into the cloud, um, but still, if you do payrolls and those things on various locations outside of the main infrastructure cities like Joburg or Gauteng, uh, you need you need a reliability of an uptime, <coughs> and you can't you can't afford any disruption or intermittent communication. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of challenges that we as CIOs have in the mining industry and not just as CIOs. As you all know the mining industry is, 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 is going through a very bad um, stage in the economy, not just as in South Africa but also but globally as well. The commodity prices um, the last 13 months has dropped if you look on average um, all the commodities about 60%. The scary thing about that is if you if you earn the salary of about 100,000 rand a month um, and 30 months ago and somebody tell you now, you, you, you only earn 40,000 Rand, but your expenses is still 80,000 plus. Yeah. That is difficult. Concern, so for yeah. us in, in the IT world, and I just want to shift the emphasis a little bit, the yeah. challenge is to how the investments that we made in IT, the connectivity, infrastructure, your applications, your software, and the services that we give can actually add value for the sustainability for, 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 for our mining companies. And and as I said in, our present, in my presentation earlier, the time is now. There's a lot of investments that has been made in IT, in the mining industry. I mean, if it comes to big data and geological modeling, big data has been with us for for decades. Yes. The only thing now is we've got the technology to start harvesting those um, big data that we have. Mm. So yes, um, luckily, we don't have a crystal ball, but we envisage that obviously there, there, there is a cyclical approach to, to resources. No, none of us expected it to drop so significantly, especially the last four months. And you can see there's a lot of there's a lot of sad stories going around in the mining industry. Sure. So far as from an IT perspective, we the challenge for us is to bring analytical reporting and capabilities so that we can do scenario planning very quick. Sure. Um, there's so much variables that that change on a daily basis. Your rand dollar exchange rate, your commodity prices. What is the effect on production if the rand dollar goes up and down? And those are the type of reports that we need to to give to our um, shareholders and our executive management on on the instant.
4: Sure, that's interesting that you bring the idea of how sometimes economical issues are actually also connected to IT and, and that's interesting because you guys have to deal with oh. the petrol price so I don't know how how does technology assist you I,
2: I think um, in terms of technology um, it has to be we have to be quite kind of in the forefront of having that technology available to our to our internal staff which is the drivers that goes out and to deliver the parcels and the careers, um, as well as the customers. So, uh, you know, a simple way that we've adopted technology is to ensure that we're connected. Mm -hmm. So we've used Google services to ensure we can connect into Africa. Um, Simple email, simple Communication collaboration tool, so that if you're sitting anywhere in Africa, you can collaborate on a document, you can share the document, you can see the person in Africa, yeah. you can collaborate and communicate. That's the sure. first thing. The second thing, what we've done is, we used to change the whole way we look at mobility. We're sitting with, you know, 20-year-old handsets, mobile handsets have been <laughs> utilizing for the drivers to go out to deliver, get the old uh, little confirmation. We said, hold it, <laughs> you know, that's not where we want to go. Going sure, that's the mobile is now being the key enabler to the consumer let us use the Android technology let's ensure use the cell phones let's enable the drivers to have the cell phones use the Android app create a customized app so that it's easy to communicate from their perspective in terms of a delivery so we can get information quickly secondly is utilizing the mobility on the consumer level so to ensure they can find out when the where the parcel is, how far it is, where it is. If there's a problem, let's communicate. So create the connected customer sure. is important. Sure. So those are the simple ways of actually utilizing technology and then obviously looking at our, our legacy. We say, okay, you know we've got old systems. Unfortunately, you know, we've invested in the old systems. We need to move to a new world. In order to for us to play in the internet of things, we need to change that systems. We need to be modernizing systems. And that's what we're working with now to ensure that we get one system, get our data one place, be more uh, service orientated in terms of web integration, so that we can connect to these Internet of Things. Yeah. And that's that's the way that we're going to adopt this. Sure. What is key is also to ensure business that business is design, is understands this. Yeah. So that's that's our challenge: users and business that understand the change and understand what technology can do in terms of the business and that's yeah. important.
4: So, let me give you, Thomas, I know you have to go back and talk right now and, and do a talk. Just your final sentiments on, on this challenge of, yeah. you know, economy and, you know, there's a bit of a slump in the economy worldwide. Uh, how does technology assist us actually adapting to those challenges? Well,
5: I, I think one of the things w- we as a manufacturer sometimes see, and I mean, Quorn uh, was alluding to the fact that you, you have a much smaller budget these days to, you know, procure IT and, and put down, you know, what you need. You know, we, 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 as a manufacturer, like I said, are kind of in this for for the long run with our uh, what we like to see as our partners or our customers. And sometimes we, we, we see that, you know, certain IT departments tend to... Um, be short-sighted in some instances uh, and spend money, um, you know, kind of, people say uh, p- penny wise and pound foolish, <laughs> you know, so they end up spending, um, you know, on the, uh, the most inexpensive infrastructure they can put in today. And what we're all about is trying to advise our customers, uh, you know, to put in infrastructure that's going to last them for the next 12 to 20 years. Um, and in, in my mind, that there are ways that we can do that, in, you know, and properly design the structures that go into data centers and into buildings uh, to make sure that you are future. Proofing your infrastructure because there's nothing worse than being short on budget now, but spending it foolishly, and in five years' time having to respend that budget on something which uh, you know actually you needed, you know, so which, you didn't, back, which you yeah. didn't see. So sure, sure. for us, it's very important to advise our customers um, and, and our clients. Adequately and make sure that they future-proof their networks because even though we're in tough economic times, yeah. y- you want to put in decent infrastructure to make sure that it lasts you.
4: Sure. Well, we're going to let go of Thomas now, and then uh, we'll come back to Kuan and Abdul when we come back after this break. Hey, we're right here in Midrand at the Vodacom World Center in Johannesburg with the summer 7th IT Leaders uh, Africa Summit. And it's a two-day summit. This is the last day. Already these guys exchanging business cards, so it's great to see that business is already underway. It's a fantastic model. So give us your thoughts about where you think IT is on the continent of Africa. You can SMS us on plus 27796957930 or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back after this to wrap up the conversation. And when we come back I'm going to deal with that issue that Thomas just brought in now. The idea of how do you actually make sure that the systems that you have in place are the ones that are actually the right ones in long term. Such a diverse industry it's got so many things happening how do you know you've got the right technology and something won't change next week and it's you know it's whatever you have is backdated so I don't know how people know these things so we're gonna find out after the break
0: Welcome to Africa. Midnight. Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring
3: news, views and great African entertainment.
1: Bonjour you can
0: now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel
3: 902. Channel Africa
0: the voice of the African Renaissance. Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro-Soul singer and songwriter.
5: You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, celebrating 20 years of South African freedom and democracy. Channel Africa, the voice of the
0: African Renaissance.
4: Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. We're going to wrap up this conversation right here at the 7th IT Leaders Africa Summit looking at uh, just the IT systems in Africa. Where are we? And it seems like there's a lot of challenges. Uh, Kuan was talking about also the mining industry there and about what's happening in terms of the economy. We know it's an international thing. We know it started from the Chinese phenomenon has also come into this dynamic. So it's really, really in conservative times where we're speaking about this uh, issue of uh, information technology. Kwan, in terms of of that, you know, investing in technology costs a lot of money. So how do you make sure that you have the right systems in place, that you don't have to invest in two weeks' time when new technology is underway? Because, you know, the IT industry is so versatile. It's broad. It's big. Everyone is coming up with new ideas every single day. So how do you know that, okay, this is what we need for right now, and this is customized for us for this season?
6: Obviously, we have to stay abreast of the new technologies and look at the relevant technologies, especially the um, emerging technologies that is relevant to your company and your industry. Um, Sometimes you feel like a kid in a candy shop. (laughs) And and some of the things you can afford and you can't afford. But what we do, we have five key imperatives what we did. And you need to... Summers like these are very important because it's not just networking, but you also are abreast of the new, of what's going on out there. You can't isolate yourself in the office and think you can get everything on Google although it's a very good tool. <laughs> um, the first thing that we obviously do is you always look at your, your, your um, return on investment when you do that. You have a roadmap, it's not just a, a one year, it's a five year roadmap and it's constantly changing. Yes. The second thing that we, we have done is we leverage on our current in-house support infrastructure. We've I've got a fantastic team. Um, some of the guys are, not some of them, all of them are really awesome specialist professionals, okay. so basically what you do is you, you create a small consulting company within your own uh, company. Yes. Sure. That saves a lot of cost because you don't have to rely on external consulting houses for your support. The second thing is what we did was we increased our performance and scalability and our flexibility in our technology landscape and our business solutions and that is important, you have to be agile. Uh, you can't stick with legacy systems that, um, that will keep on going and actually just give you a lot of jargon. Mm. Um, what we also did was to, to look at the future was to standardize and integrate our application enterprise architecture portfolio as well as our business processes across the group. And that's an that's important thing that I say. Remember, there's three components to what we call uh, the role of a CIO. A CIO needs to integrate business processes, have enabling technology to enable the business processes, and then people. We always say technology enables business processes, but people makes it happen. So your role of a CIO is, is there's a lot of uh, salesmanship and relationship management within the role of a CIO. And all those those three components of technology, people, and processes needs to align with the business strategy. The second last thing is to integrate and consolidate our entire back office, including our SAP, our bespoke um, platforms on one single operating platform. That's important that you use, say for instance, one database and one operating system and don't have various databases because that will help you to start minimizing and optimizing your value. Okay. okay, the last thing is achieving economies of scale. And we did that through virtualization technologies. We were the first client, I think, in the world that actually adopted um, virtualization on Microsoft um, well, what server. Did, what is that?
4: Can you elaborate on that
6: system? SAP, SAP um, um, runs on various platforms yeah. or databases. Yeah. And usually what happens if there's a new database or a new platform coming out, SAP certifies that yeah. and that. And usually on mining we're quite conservative. We do, do not want to be in a bleeding edge. Yeah. But we took that leap of faith. And um, a couple of years ago we were the first client to actually virtualize all our SAP yeah. systems. Oh. On the latest, my, at that stage, Microsoft Server 2013, um, and um, Microsoft operating system. Oh. Um, so we were the first client to do that, and it actually gave gave a fantastic um, return on investment great, for great, us. Great, great. Then the last thing is also a fle- flexibility on the hardware infrastructure, oh. so that we can scale. Our, our environment faster and more efficient. So You don't have to buy new data storage. Okay. You can actually craft new stories and that. Uh, so the big thing is where you can add value, agility, and making sure that IT is a value adding component of your business and not a cost center.
4: And for me, with everything that you've said, it's all about adapting. Abdul, your thoughts around what... No, I, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, We're yeah.
2: sitting with the same problem in terms <laughs> of, that's why IT is changing because the business wants things quicker, they want things faster. They one things cheaper, yeah. uh, but also keeping abreast of technology. And the fact that you've already done, you've made the investment, you have to actually, you know, squeeze your technology to give you the best result. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, I mentioned that each industry is different. You know exactly, I've, I've worked in SAP consulting, worked in, you know, that's one of the, you know, top software in the world mm. but if you don't customize it and you don't do it the way you want it to work so, it's not so gonna work. work for you yeah so mm. so so that's it you need to understand your environment you need to understand your business you need to understand what technology investments you've made what is very important is that you need to work with your partner you need to work with the supplier also to understand where is he going mm. so if you've made that investment um, you need to obviously you've done dual you know checks before you do mm. invest that, that, that with the technology you need to ensure that that partner is not in for the short while but in for the long run Mm. Um, and that's very important so that partnership is critical Um, obviously in terms of the changes and the business you know uh, the partner needs to work with you Mm. uh, with it in the good times and the bad times but the contracting is critical
4: sure 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 and also like it's for me, it's a scary space where we're in because there's so much possibilities in, f- in front of us. Abdul, you were speaking about the drone issue. There's moral issues that are connected to Absolutely. that. So there's a whole lot of uh, work that needs to be done. So uh, does not this not scare you, Abdul? Yeah, I agree. Security <laughs> is an issue.
2: Information and in cybercrime is an issue. Uh, the question is, how do you how do you manage that? How do you manage uh, the challenges? How do you manage uh, you know, information being passed through Um, You know, we've got, uh, uh, you know, we utilize services in the cloud, Mm -hmm. which means we don't have servers on premise. Mm -hmm. Our data is sitting in in different uh, areas. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage that? Mm -hmm. Our Google services is exactly it. We don't have it. It's sitting in the cloud. How do we manage security? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the challenge. So mm-hmm. as part of our governance process, it's important to put those policies mm-hmm. in place. It's important to ensure that you have a contract to know where your data is, for example. And if things does go wrong, how do you manage it from a control mm-hmm. and uh, risk perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, cybercrime and security is top of the agenda in this Conference and in most mm-hmm. of the conferences now, um, guy that was on the radio yesterday he talked about security. He mm-hmm. talked about how prevalent it is. Yeah. So the question is, you know, you need to be aware where on where your data is, where your risk is, mm-hmm. how you manage it with your partners, and uh, understand what you want to control uh, in terms of your IT services and what you want to outsource. When you mm-hmm. outsource those IT services, you need to ensure that your contracts are kind of clear, mm-hmm. um, and if things does go wrong, you know exactly how to manage them. Go on your thoughts on the security issue?
6: It's a definitely a relevant issue. Mm. And also what I want to say about the, the outsourcing component. Remember, you can outsource responsibility, but you can never outsource accountability. And a lot of companies don't understand that. They think they've outsourced um, the whole accountability and they just manage the service level agreements with the outsourcing partner. Mm. The big thing is the accountability still lies with you as the CIO to ensure that the services are delivered timely. For us, the big thing is um, with all the infrastructure, of all the technologies, we forget one thing: it's about information. All these things is, is just about information, and uh, what a t- typical definition is what we say is: we need to bring relevant information from whatever source with focused, relevant, and timely delivery. Of intelligent informations to the point of desired consumption, so that business can can make decisions better, faster, quicker, sure. on a reliable information. We drive out uh, the, um, complexity by making information more efficient mm-hmm. and make business to adapt better to changing circumstances. These days, of, of a click of a mouse, everything is so fast, and then. Information also enhances collaboration, and that's the big thing because um, a lot of companies have still a silo approach, Mm. you know, and it's expanding the silo approach. The further you are from your main, your head office, you you get bigger silos and thicker walls. So you need to break um, those those virtual walls down. Exactly, and that's what the information does. Just
2: to add on, can uh, mm. not, to, not to scare you, but in 2020, we're going to have 50 billion devices. The question is about that information, how you manage yeah. the div- that information from the devices. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We know the Apple Watch, the Vitality Watch, yep. a health watcher we already have coming through. You're going to see more of that happening. The question is how you manage that information mm. going forward for your organization. And what information do you need to have for your competitive advantage to make the right decision?
4: And also, how do you make sure that people don't have the information from your own company that you don't want them to have? Absolutely. No. <laughs> it's a mean. control and security. Control, yeah, yeah. yeah.
6: It's, it's, it's 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 quite a, a conundrum because you sit with a situation that you want your users and your, your employees to be... Techno savvy and start using the applications and the devices that you give, mm. but on the other hand, you sit said to have huge security issues. Yes. So it's 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 a balancing act. It's a fine balancing act. So what you can do is you have a firewall and you ring fence your information, okay. and then you make sure that whatever goes out is controlled and uh. it's monitored. So that is, um, and we've got on our emails, for instance, Mimecast. What we do is, so you archive the stuff, and then you can actually see what. It's 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 not against the Poppy Act because it's there, but sure. you make also have to balance the Act sure, of the Poppy sure. Act. Yeah. So yes, it's um it's not a job to find out that, to be quite honest.
4: It's not. It's not. You guys have a big, big, challenging job, especially in this time of the world with our economy and just looking at where technology is going, and also the demands of the consumer as well are becoming hugely, hugely. Much more focused on technology, and also like you highlighted, Abdul, on minimizing costs. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a much of a balancing dance for you guys. You have mm-hmm. a lot of things to. And juggle. the fact
2: that the consumer demands is changing on a daily basis. Uh, yeah. How do you manage that?
6: Exactly.
2: <laughs> so that's.
4: Well, we could go on forever, uh-huh. but we have to wrap it up. And the thank you to our guests. Thank you to Quan Kloppers, the CIO of someone called Chrome Limited. Thank you as well to Abdul Baba, who is the also the CIO of Skynet. And earlier with Thomas Nell here to go back into the session because he's speaking right now he's from Comscope who, and he is a, a sales director for the Sub-Saharan Africa thank you for joining us and giving us your time remember you can give us your thoughts on this conversation you can SMS us on plus plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero, and you can email us at info at channelafrica.org that's info at channelafrica.org from me Benjamin Moshadama and the rest of the incredible team here there's great people here at uh, Uh, who are helping us from Channel Africa thanks to our producers, technical producers we've got our marketing lady we've been doing fantastic job in the last two days and I cannot take it for granted because without them we wouldn't have this fantastic show back to our studios and thank you to also the people who are connecting us from our Johannesburg studios
1: Hello listen Join Channel Africa in its 50th anniversary celebrations. Channel Africa is turning 50 in May this year. Join us as we move through memories of this station since 1966. Send us your contact number to include your memories in our celebrations. Email your contact to info at channelafrica.org or... Write to us at Channel Africa P.O. Box 91313 Auckland Park Johannesburg 2006 You can also send us SMS to plus 27 82 332 5905 Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance.
7: Good morning. I'm Wisani Matewula with the Economics News. Over 2,000 mine workers at the Shiba Fairway and their new consort gold mines in Babiton, South Africa's Mpumalanga province have down tools. They're accusing their union, the NUM, of colluding with mine management and failing to address their demands. Their mine workers are demanding that mine management adhere to a salary increase agreement reached last year. The union's deputy secretary, Bulem Kabela, says they're currently divided in groups. And they were informed by the mine employees that uh, they are grieved because the agreement that they reached with the uh, mine management in their negotiations they had last year, the mine management has not been able to fulfill the, their end of the agreement. And so the mine workers decided today they will embark on a strike. People living
1: in the nearby villages like Yoverland will be affected. Uh, but there is an alternative route, the R88 road uh, from Babaton to
7: Lose
6: Creek as well
7: as Cobb Maiden is open. The South African Rand has fallen against the US dollar as investors fret over a standoff between the elite police unit, the hoax and finance minister Praveen Godan. A short while ago, the Rand was down 0.6% at 15.95 to the dollar. The public's bet has triggered uncertainty and raised concerns of a repeat of the run on the Rand and bonds in December last year when South African president Jacob Zuma Inexplicably fired, Godan's predecessor, Planaene. Investors are also worried about a possible downgrade from Moody's, the agency, is due to starting an assessment on South Africa this Wednesday. And as tension intensified between South African Finance Minister Pravin Godan and the elite police unit, the Hawks, Gordhan says he will definitely respond to the 27 questions that the Priority Crime Investigative Unit has put to him. On Tuesday, the unit threatened legal action against Godan, accusing him of missing two deadlines to respond to the questions on alleged rogue unit within SARS. Godan has now confirmed that he's received two letters from the hoax, but he says he's responded to both of them. Mashati Gallens reports.
0: In his statement, Gordon corroborates the chronology of the letters as detailed by the hawks, but blames the media for the confusion. He, however, maintains that those who leaked the letter deliberately tried to malign him. He says the hawks are yet to respond to his request for legal clarity on the investigations, but says despite this, he has instructed his legal team to prepare response. Gordon also says while he would have liked to abide to the presidency and ANC request not to debate the matter publicly, he was forced to respond bond because the hawks issued what he calls a threatening statement it has been a tit-for-tat public spat between the two with the hawks warning gordon that this was neither a talk show nor a soapy and they will be taking action
7: to west africa now nigerian telecoms regulator has restored regulatory services to mtn group uh, the nigerian communications commission prevented mtn from raising tariffs And launching promotions in October last year when it fined the company 5.2 billion US dollars for failing to cut off 5 million unregistered SIM cards. And Kenya's post bank is now eyeing the last quarter of 2016 to start issuing loans. The post bank says the institution is in the process of preparing its human capital to back its lending operations planned for the last quarter of this year. It disclosed that talks between treasury and the central bank of Kenya were underway. Financial indicators said the dollar trading at 1569 to the South African Rand at 1104, Botswana Pula in 1133 Zambia and Guacha also trading at 0.70 British pound and zero point nine against the euro. Commodities gold $1,232, platinum at $959 a finance, Brent crude oil is at $39.15 per barrel. That's your economics news for now. I'm back in an hour's time with another update.
3: Thanks for joining us. I'm Tami Let's start with football where South Africa's under-23 men's national team coach Owen Dagama has named a 22-man squad to face Brazil in an international friendly match scheduled for the 27th of March at the Ray Palace Stadium in Maceo in the state of Algoas in Brazil. The match kicks off at 12.30am Central African time on Sunday morning. The clash is part of preparations for both teams ahead of the 2016 Rio Olympic Games in August. It is also a clash that will give the visitors a taste of what to expect when the tournament starts. The South African under-23s will assemble on Monday the 21st of March and leave two days later on Wednesday the 23rd of March for Brazil. In local South African football reports are that Yugoslavian football coach Costa Papic would be joining South African Premier Soccer League Club Bloomfontein Celtic after quitting at struggling National First Division side Black Leopard's. Head coach Sarah Meretswaka has failed to produce results since his arrival at Celtic, bringing only one win to the side in 12 games. Ex-Orlando Pirates player Lechlo Nono Siema has been recalled to the senior side as a second assistant coach and will sit on the bench in this evening's match for Celtic when they play against Mamelodi Sundowns. However, Celtic PR manager Selonduna has rapprochised the claims that Celtic will be parting ways with head coach Seramele Twaka. Further afield, the clock is already counting down to Manuel Pellegrini's exit for Manchester City at the end of the season when he will be replaced by Pep Guardiola, regardless of what happens between now and then. It is an unusual situation and one that will feel all more peculiar if Pellegrini signs off by establishing Manchester City as champions of Europe before he goes. Pellegrini says that his departure has not changed what he wants to achieve this season.
6: For me, live at the end of the season, not to live at the end of the season, exactly the same. I feel the same responsibility, the same desire to continue further in the in the in the Champions League. So I don't think that one thing is linked with the other one. For me, it's very important for the club, important for the fans, for the players to try to continue in Champions League. It Doesn't matter what can happen at the end of the season.
3: And in cricket, New Zealand claimed a shock 47-run victory over tournament favourites India in the opening match of the World T20 Super 10s. Chasing 127 to win on a slow surface in Nagpur, the hosts were bowled out for a paltry 7-9 in 18.1 overs, despite Captain Mahendra Singh Dhoni's 30. Michelle Steckner took 4 for 11, Ish Dhoni 3 for 18, and Nathan McCallum Two for fifteen, as nine Indian wickets fell to spin. New Zealand's total of hundred and twenty six for seven was built around Corey Anderson's patent thirty four. And in tennis. Spanish fourth seed Rafael Nadal knocked out his compatriot Fernando Verdasco from the BNP Parupa Open at Indian Wales on Tuesday. The world number five seemed confident in his return from injury blanking his opponent in the first set six love. Natal plays 18 year old German Alexandra Zverev next. Natal says it's a win that he needed most.
7: It's an important victory for me and our way to two matches wins here tough ones. That's something that uh, stays in my mind and helps.
3: Meanwhile, Japan's Kei Nishikori, the fifth seeded at the BNP Paripa Open in Indian Wales, will play American John Eisner in the last 16. It will be the third meeting and the head-to-head is one all Here's Nishikori on playing John Eisner next. Uh,
5: yeah,
2: uh, the key is going to be return. My return my is going to be my uh it's going to be the key for sure um have to return well i couldn't really step in today so i try to to play more aggressive tomorrow and uh um you know try to be patient you know he's a big guy and uh i think i have more advantage on my ground strokes so um try to use more forehands and probably play more aggressive
3: and that's the end of our sport. Stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.